Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. What's up, what's up, what's up, fam? Welcome back to Nick's Nerd News. We are halfway through February, literally halfway through February. It is February 16th. I'm your host, Nick. This, like I said, is Nick's Nerd News. Welcome to the show. I'm happy you guys could be here. Uh, just a reminder, next week we will have a guest host. Um, I will be out of town so I'm having someone step in. Uh, more than likely, it will be Scott, a friend of the program. Uh, Scott is my friend who, who runs the 101 League, um, which actually is returning this weekend. Uh, on Saturday, we will have our first event in several months. It will be our uh, Coffee and Melee at Panels Comic Book Coffee Bar. That um, will take place from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Oh, like I said, we'll be playing Super Smash Melee. Uh, it's been several whiles melee coffee and comics is what we're we're renaming it um i cannot wait to to be back on the mic make sure you guys watch us on twitch.tv slash the 101 league it is going to be epic um like i said it's 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 been months since we've 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 done an event and i cannot wait to be back on the mic uh make sure to check us out guys will not be disappointed I swear to you, you will not be disappointed. Uh, meanwhile, let's get back to our day-to-day. -day. Uh, thank you guys again for listening. Welcome to the show if you're new. Welcome back if you've been a, a regular fan. Uh, today is episode one, 197, 297. Where are we at? I don't even remember. I just know we've, we, we've been going quite a while, folks. Um... And I'm happy you guys have been listening. Uh, 197. I don't know why I said 297. We definitely haven't hit 300 episodes. Episode 197. We are just a few episodes away from our 200th episode. That is right. Nixner News has been coming at you strong for 200, nearly 200 episodes. So... Uh, remember guys, always like, share, subscribe, dislike, post, comment, share, um, thumbs up, thumbs down, four stars, five stars, zero stars. I don't care what you do. Do it. Don't do it. it, it it's no skin off my back, right? I'm just doing this for fun. I want you guys to enjoy the show. And that, that's why I do this, for you guys to enjoy Whatever is going on, so you guys can listen, so you can other listen, what whatever whatever y'all want to do, I'm fine with, and that is fine with me. Um, what is going on anyway? Anyway, let's let's uh, let's keep moving, shall we? Let's get into our normal video game news here and to start things off to start things off let's talk about the uncharted movie right hopefully um 
hopefully I will get to see that this weekend. I'm working on a plan right now. Um, I think we should ha shouldn't have an issue with that. Um, who knows? Things happen. Other things happen. I, I don't know. But that should be quite a thing um, this weekend. That being said, Nolan North obviously is not playing Nathan Drake like he does on uh, in the game itself. Uh, he'll be actually narrating the novelization of the film. Yes, Uncharted is getting a novelization, as most movies get novelizations nowadays. Nolan North will be narrating the novelization of the Uncharted film. So technically, he'll be playing that Nathan Drake as well, just not in the media form we all expected him to do. Um, that's wild. I, I, like, I don't even know if I'm even... I'm not, I don't pick up novelizations of films, let's just be honest, right? That's just... A, I, I don't know how many people read those. I know a lot of times you'll get like deleted scenes that are actually happening in the novelization. It's always a weird thing. It's, it's interesting, that's for sure, though. Um, but yeah, moving forward, let's talk about some news coming out of Microsoft and Activision. Uh, remember, a few weeks back, we announced that Microsoft uh, had announced that they would be acquiring Activision Blizzard King for nearly $70 billion. Uh, it always been up, up in the air about if, if Call of Duty and certain other Activision or Blizzard titles would stay multi-platform or go exclusive. Well, we have confirmation that um, Microsoft plans on keeping some games multi-platform, uh, including Call of Duty. And per... Brad Smith, uh, the co a company president with Microsoft and Xbox, uh, he was on CNBC and he went. He said this quote: "One of the things we're busy, we're being very clear about as we move forward with the regulatory review of this acquisition is that great titles like Call of Duty from Activision Blizzard today will continue to be available on the Sony PlayStation." We'd like to bring it to Nintendo devices. We'd like to bring the other popular titles that Activision Blizzard has and ensure that they continue to be, be available on PlayStation and that they become available on Nintendo, unquote. So essentially, they don't want to get slapped with a regulatory issue and they want this deal to go through. They're afraid that it might not with how certain things are going politically in the United States and uh, when it comes to mergers and acquisitions. Um, and essentially it's, it's similar to what they did with, with Mojang, uh, and Minecraft several years ago. Um, he went on to say even again, quote, what we've done with that acquisition, I think is a clear indicator of what we hope to do if we acquire Activision Blizzard. Namely, invest even more in innovation, bring it to more people, bring it to more platforms, make it even more useful and hopefully delightful for people who use it, unquote. So essentially, they're just saying, don't worry, Call of Duty will stay multi-platform. We're not giving up 
on that sweet, sweet cash. <laughs> also coming out of this interview is uh, Microsoft vows to put the right people in charge to essentially improve the culture at Activision Blizzard, right? So obviously most people know by now that Activision Blizzard is currently under investigation. Uh, they're being sued by the state of California and other government agencies and other bodies uh, in regards to mistreatment and mishandling of women, minorities, all sorts of things, right? Well, Microsoft now has put out a statement uh, per Video Game Central, Brad Smith again on CNBC, uh, I think this was all the same interview, um, said that uh, they were, he said, quote, we're looking to the leadership team at Activision Blizzard today to make culture and workplace safety a top priority every single day. Until the day when this deal hopefully closes, and then we'll take over and we need to make that same commitment. There will be some aspects that will change, but it will, all, it will all be one new team that will work together. Most importantly, we want to see the culture evolve, and we'll see how people perform between now and the day this closes, assuming it's approved, and then we'll have the opportunity to make sure that we have the right people in the right position, unquote. <clears throat> I.e. Bobby Kotick's not coming back. This is a blatant, blatant statement essentially saying we're going to clean house. We're going to clean fucking house as soon as this deal comes through and we're getting rid of all the toxic people. We're getting rid of all the shit people. We are getting rid of everyone who is a problem at Activision Blizzard. And I can almost guarantee you Bobby Kotick is going to be one of those fucking assholes that gets shown the door. I can guarantee it. And I think everyone else knows it too. Let's let's just be fucking frank, right? It's, it's going to happen. They're, they're not. They're not going to get it. Um, yeah. Moving forward. Uh, Jeff Ross, who's been speaking openly a lot lately. Uh, the former, not Jeff Ross the comedian, no. But Jeff Ross, the former head of Sony Bend Studio, has been talking a lot. And he started uh, talking to Sacred Symbols, the Colin, Colin Moriarty podcast. Um, yeah, that's his name. Uh, the, uh, his podcast, uh, Sacred Symbols, um, and, and was talking about projects that he had been wanting to work on or tried working on while at, at Sony Bend. And uh, a while back, we, we learned that Sony Bend had been working or trying to work or pitched a Uncharted game. Well, I, I think we finally know what it is. Uh, Jeff Ross was talking to Colin and talked about how he had pitched or tried making or was doing something uh, on an Uncharted prequel. It wasn't a sequel. It was actually a prequel. It was going to be focused on Sully at, when he was a young man. It would have been uh, set in the seventies, and I—I I don't know if that like sounds cool or if that sounds not cool, but it, it's definitely a game that I think a lot of people would have played or wanted to play, and it probably could have sold well, right? Definitely a game that would have sold well, 
probably would have had a lot of people playing it. I probably would have bought it, not going to lie. But now that we know that that Naughty Dog wants to keep playing in that world, that's probably why they didn't get it. I still don't, I don't remember why he doesn't work at Sony Bend anymore. Um, but more than likely, Sony wanted to make sure that only Naughty Dog made Uncharted games. Uh, Marty O'Donnell, the composer uh, formerly of Bungie, uh, who is most famous, of course, for composing the Halo score, uh, him and his partner, uh, Mike Salvatore, are suing Microsoft over unpaid royalties. Now, if, if you're unawares, uh, Marty O'Donnell has had some other issues with Bungie in the past. Uh, especially around when Destiny came out and they ended up dropping him and, and things like that. But now they're paying, uh, they're suing, I should say, Microsoft over their music being used in the upcoming Halo show. Um, per Eurogamer, uh, both of them uh, signed a contract apparently years ago with Microsoft that gave them 20% of profits for any use of the Halo music outside of the games such as the Halo TV show, soundtrack sales, everything like that. And while he does get paid quarterly, they think that they're not being paid enough anymore and that they're owed more through the contract. Um, he told Eurogamer, quote, if this is 20%, then it doesn't seem like Microsoft is really making much money. So we would say, could you guys tell us what the numbers are? And then they just wouldn't. But sure enough, four months later, you would get another little check and just, here's your amount, unquote. Microsoft um, claims that O'Donnell and Salvatore's music were done as work for hire, meaning O'Donnell and Salvatore made their Halo music for Microsoft, with Microsoft retaining the copyright. Um, they will go to pretrial in May. Um, I, I'm, I'm interesting to see how this ultimately plays out. And if they actually get the money they're asking, or if, if really there's just not as many profits over it anymore. Like, if they're looking for the profits related to the show, like, how, do, how, do you, how does that work before the show even comes out, right? Like, without viewer numbers. Like, how do you, how do you uh, quantify a, an amount, right? I, 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 I think he's somewhat justified in asking this, but, but realistically, like... If the show's not out yet, how do you quantify profit for it? Obviously, with other shows, it's based on ad revenue, things like this. But if a show that's going to be on a streaming service hasn't released yet, I'm being, I'm being using my somewhat critical thinking here. If a a um if if they haven't released the show and they don't have viewership numbers, and realistically, we don't know if if Paramount Plus is going to gain users when the show drops, um, um, how do you quantify a profit? How do you quantify a profit amount for a check? Like, what if he just hasn't gotten an amount yet because A, the show hasn't aired, and B, you can't quantify it yet, right? It's like, how do you quantify a show that's not out that we don't know viewer numbers for, and B, we don't know how many people have signed up for Paramount Plus just for... For Halo, right? It's like, do you count the people that are already on Paramount Plus and assume they're all going to watch uh, when maybe 90% of those people are just on Paramount Plus for Star Trek? 
I, I, I just, I'm trying to wrap my head around his thinking. So I, I just, I don't know where the logic is yet, right? It, it could be there. It's just, to me, it's not there yet, if that makes any sense. I, I don't know. I, who knows? We'll find out in May when they go to pre-trial. Uh, Infinity Ward also officially announced a, a sequel to 2019's Modern Warfare reboot. Uh, and it will re- release this year. Um, and on top of that, they also announced Warzone 2. Whatever Warzone 2 is going to be is, is beyond my comprehension. Um, and uh, apparently it's, it's going to be a new experience built from the ground up. They're going to a new engine again. That engine's only been out for three years. I don't know why they need a new engine. It's That's interesting. Unless they mean the Warzone engine, which isn't the same as the main game. Um, but in that, uh, Infinity Ward has also admitted that they broke Warzone recently uh, with some of its newer patches and updates. And uh, co-studio head Pat Kelly of um, of Infinity Ward, per Charlie Intel, said, We fucked stuff up. Um, game director Josh Bridge also said that the team is, quote, not happy, unquote, with the current state. And the studio is, quote, determined to fix the issues with the game, unquote. So they know it's broken. Um, they know the meta is fucked. They know shit is jacked. They want to fix it. And I think that's what Warzone 2 is going to be. They probably, um probably can't fix Warzone anymore without breaking it more. Um, I guess more and more bugs and issues have been popping up with with the um, with the new map and the new seasons and everything like that. Um, I know season two for Warzone Pacific has been delayed, so that's probably what it is. Um, and stability has dropped as well, so they're promising to fix it, and of course, whatever happens with Warzone 2, and whatever that look ends up looking like, and what it whatever that becomes, who knows? Meanwhile, I'm just still playing Halo. Um, who EA tried to blame the faults of Battlefield 2042 on recently. Meanwhile, Steam is is breaking records all over the place again. This time, it's Lost Ark. Uh, Lost Ark is a new MMO that is uh, from Amazon Game Studios, and it is uh, it, it is on Steam, and uh, Amazon Game Studios and Smilegate actually released some new numbers, and they hit a peak of over 1.2 million concurrent viewers on Twitch this past weekend, uh, over 59.9 million hours watched cumulatively during its launch week, Um and during its first three days after launch, Lost Ark gained over 4.7 mil- million new registered players in the West. Um, it launched officially free-to-play on February 11th, that was last Friday, and it became Steam's second most played game of all time by concurrent players. It hit an all-time peak of 1.325 million people. 1.325 million people. That is is crazy. Um, per Steam DB, Lost Ark passed Counter Strike Global Offenses, Offensive's all time peak of 
3.08 million people to secure the number two spot. Um, they usually always happen around a game's release, um, but it, it, we still haven't gotten anything close to PUBG's launch uh, and, and peak at 3.257 million players at one time. Uh, especially this is, though, an MMO, which is crazy that this many people hopped into an MMO. And the fact that it is a Amazon game, they've just been launching MMOs of, of late. Not even other games, just MMOs, which is, is nuts that they have two MMOs on the market. But clearly a shot across Blizzard's bow. Uh, Lost Ark. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, which launches on Friday, uh, so two days from now, is getting a Lego set. Yes, Horizon Forbidden West is getting a Lego set. Uh, the first set will release in May for $90. Uh, it will be of the game's signature machine beast, the Tallneck. Uh, similar in size and scope to like a, a Brachiosaurus dinosaur. Um, they're the large machines that have like, look like giant giraffes, but have like a disc shaped head. Uh, they serve as like the game's towers, if you will. Like if you played Ubisoft games or things like that, where if you climb them, it shows off more of the map. Um, it is a 18 plus set. Uh, it will retail, like I said, for $90 and will release in May. I'm definitely getting one of those. Um, and then speaking of Forbidden West, Sony has announced... Uh, with along with Guerrilla Games, that they will plant a tree for every player who earns a specific trophy in Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, the company announced today uh, their Play and Plant program. Um, they will be working with the Arbor Day Foundation, and every player who unlocks the Reached the Daunt trophy in the game uh, will have a tree planted in their honor. Um, it will cover three different reforestation projects across the United States, including Douglas County Forest in Wisconsin, oh, don't you know, uh, Sheepfire Private Lands in California, and Torreya State Park in Florida. Uh, in Douglas County, the surrounding communities and habitats are at risk as a result of previous deforestation. Uh, they had destabilized the area's watershed protection. Um, Sheepfire Private Lands was chosen in California, uh, that's where gray wolves have returned to the region after being hunted nearly to extinction. Um, and then the pine leaf population, longleaf pine population has been devastated in Torreya State Park in Florida, again due to de deforestation and natural disasters. And they don't want to increase fire risk um, in the area hence why that is one of the areas they've chosen. Uh, this promotion will end on March 25th or until all three reforestation projects are completed. It is estimated that they need to plant around 300,000 trees, uh, and this Reached the Daunt trophy is unlocked automatically early on in the game's story. So it's pretty much a, a gimme. It's a, it's a no-brainer. PlayStation is essentially saying... We know we're going to hit this number, so that's why we're doing it, and, and we're giving back. And, and this is actually something I, I'm fully on board with. Like, I almost want to tell people, go buy the game and play it for a couple hours just so they can hit their goal and, and get all these trees planted. Um, again, this game 
will launch on February 18th, two days from now, on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Everything I've seen, it looks fucking gorgeous. And there's more and more new, new, um, um, born new beasts or robots or machines, however you want to call them. I cannot fucking wait. Um, it looks gorgeous. The water, the graphics look amazing. Gorilla Games has knocked it out of the park again. And I cannot wait to play as Aloy. Also, uh, this week, Capcom is expected to make a very large announcement. Uh, they posted a, a, um, like a countdown of some sort on their website or their Twitter. Some people leaked into it and somehow think that Microsoft is buying Capcom as well. I don't see, see that happening. Uh, but all signs are pointing to uh, 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 Street Fighter VI being announced. That, that's, that's what more than likely is going to happen. The announcement is expected either Sunday or Monday. Uh, so stick, stay tuned to, to Capcom's um, Twitter feed, I guess. I wonder if it will be PlayStation exclusive again. Uh, that will be an interesting conversation, though. So Street Fighter VI is more than likely going to be announced. Possibly even a Resident Evil 4 remake. But all, all, all signs, all bets are pointing at Street Fighter VI. Obviously. Uh, Cyberpunk 77 is also f has finally gotten its next-gen updates uh, over a year later. In what is tantamount to a 50 gig or 50 plus gig update. Um, essentially a lot of things are, are finally fixed or were shown off to be fixed. Uh, it's, it's up, it's update, uh, 1.5. It is a free trial version, free DLC, huge 50 gig 1.5 patch for all platforms. Uh, they did this during a, announced this during a stream, uh, yesterday. Um, they were shown a quest alternating between PS5, Series X, Series S, uh, footage of the game. Uh, the Xbox version will be a patch upgrade. PS5 users will need to download an entirely new version of the game and transfer any existing save data from the PS4 version. <laughs> it's so fucking complicated to upgrade games from PS4 to PS5. So fucking unnecessary. Um, on PS5 and Series X, you can either get a performance version, which prioritizes 60 FPS, or ray tracing mode, um, which is 30 FPS... And, uh, or Series X, uh, Series S will have 30 FPS 1440 mode, since that one is not as powerful. Other major updates uh, included in this free DLC, you can finally change your character's basic appearance in the mirror of, the, of your home apartment. Um, new options for hair and makeup. You can also buy new cosmetic makeovers for the apartment itself, and even four brand new properties across Night City. Um... If you uh, have a romantic partner and you go to these other locations, sometimes they'll pop in uh, during the game to stay the night. Uh, other new DLC is new weaponry you can buy from Wilson's Gun Store um, after you meet Takamura in the main game story. The game devs also have said that there will be some secrets left to find that have been added to the game. Um, there's also a new free trial that will allow you to play the game for five hours. Um, but it does expire after 30 days. Um, it's essentially trying to get people who maybe never played it after the uh, not-so-great launch just over a year ago 
Um, it looks like it is returning to the PlayStation Store as well after being pulled. Um, there was, uh, you know, CG Project Red also had to settle a lawsuit with unhappy investors, and uh, the upgrades were ultimately delayed. Um, like I said, patch 1.5 will release for all platforms, or it should be out already. It is a 50 gig or more update, so just make sure you have the space on your hard drives. Um, new fixes, new features. Uh, perks have been reset, so if you go back into the game, and uh, your perks will all be reset. Some have been, um, some have been completely erased. Uh, reworked perk trees and in-progress saves will be given all their perk points back. So you can redistribute them with the new features. Um, they've also been tweaked to rebalance the game, changing some of the trees. Um, stealth has been renamed. Some have been removed, like I said. Um, there's one that prevented detection underwater. That one's gone. Um, throwing knife combat has been reworked as well. Uh, NPC AI has been altered. So more NPCs appear like they originally promised they would. Um, driving has been fixed. They will be react differently in combat and um, or panic or faced in dangerous situations. Um, but that will only be on the PC Stadia and next-gen versions of the game. That will not be available in previous generations because it, it's, it could only be done on the next-gen systems, um, mainly for memory constraints. Um Skipping time in the game will change the crowds around you. Skip time UI has been made more readable. Um, and the map can now be decluttered with new filters. Uh, like I said, driving was fixed. Vehicles um, will feel heavier. Brakes mo made more effective and visibility increased when driving in first person. Uh, burnout and drifting has been fixed. They even showed off someone doing a donut in the preview of the game. Calling in multiple cars now sees them appear in different places rather than them just crashing onto the same spot. Um, economy is rebalanced and vehicles are cheaper to buy. Oh, that sounds good because there's an achievement that I couldn't get because for some reason there's an achievement to buy every car available to you, but I couldn't, I literally could not afford or make any more money to be able to buy every car. Like you either can buy mods for yourself. Or buy every car. And that was fucking stupid. So hopefully I'll go in and see if I can afford all the cars now. Um, but uh, like I said. Next gen exclusive features. Added ray trace local fight light shadows. Implemented native achievement support on next gen consoles. Um, note that as the next gen version has a different SKU. PlayStation trophies obtained in backward compatibility will not be transferred. Oh that fucking sucks. Um. Xbox achievements automatically happen with smart delivery. New graphics modes on PlayStation 5 and Series X, which are performance mode. Uh, smooth gameplay at 60 FPS with dynamic 4K scaling. Or ray tracing mode, which is 30 FPS with dynamic 4K scaling. Series S has no graphics mode selection and is by default presented at 30 FPS and 1440. They are researching a possible 60 FPS on Xbox Series S. Uh, added performance improvements. These are all patch notes, essentially. Uh, improvements will significantly decrease the number of FPS drops. Balanced HDR. Various visual quality improvements. Added activity cards for PS5. Added Spanish voiceover support in the Americas. Um, only on next-gen consoles due to technical constraints. 
implemented support for spatial audio on PlayStation 5, implemented use of adaptive triggers on PS5 controllers like haptic feedback, now customized based on in-game activity, and controllers built in speakers used for hollow calls, text messages, and everything that happens in V's head. Oh, that's cool. Um, new DLC details. It is additional content for all players on all platforms. It is free. Apartments can now be rented with a one-time fee when encountered in Night City or through EZE Estates website when you go through the Computer and V's Mega Building apartment. Um, they become available after completing Playing for Time quest. You can rent all at the same time. They all share the, share the same stash. You have Northside Watson, which is $5,000. Japantown Westbrook, $15,000. The Glen Haywood, $40,000. And a one in Corporal Plaza in City Center, $55,000. Uh, you can now customize V's starting apartment. Um, and it starts for $10,000. That's in-game currency. Uh, similar actions in apartments include a temporary buff. Take shower applies refresh status for one hour. Um, which allows you to regenerate health up to 60% of the maximum threshold. Um, go to sleep regenerates health and applies the rested status for one hour. Or brew coffee applies energized status for one hour. Uh, it also includes appearance customization. You can now tweak certain features of your appearance, such as hair, makeup, piercing, etc. When using the mirror in any of your apartments and safe houses, it's free. You can do it as often as you like. Uh, character customization also includes more makeup and hair color options. Uh, what's new at Wilson's? Oh, that's the gun store. You can check out new items in Wilson's Second Amendment store. Um, two new weapons, the Dara Polytechnic Umbra. It's a power assault rifle. And the Budget Arms Guillotine, a power submachine gun. Four new scopes. And new type of weapon attachments. Muzzle brakes. Um, ten of them. New poses in photo mode. Uh, full notes. Like I said, Living City. New combat AI. New crowd improvements. Drive models. Uh, vehicle traffic. Gameplay balance. Whole lot of stuff. F cyberware. Uh, you can sell unused cyberware at Ripper Dock. That's fucking cool. I hope I have some to sell still. Um, numerous op optimizations for combat eye. Quick hacking's been improved. Uh, bonus items found in stash. Two DLC jackets. Four registration reward items of new functionality. Um, NPCs have been fixed. Perks have been fixed. Uh, some have been removed, new ones added, player mechanics, vehicles, weapons, uh, UI, quests, a lot of stuff going on here. Open world stuff, uh, V now is standing with fixers throughout Night City, new gigs will appear gradually in sets as your standing increases. Um, oh, that's cool. It's fixed some different gigs and things like that. Uh, graphics, audio, animation, cinematic design, environmental levels, stability and performance, PC-specific, um, console-specific, and Stadia-specific. All these patch notes are available for you guys to read at your convenience. I'm not going to sit here and read all of them. Um, I'm going to definitely go back in and check out the game and do some things to see what's going on with it. Um... Netflix yesterday announced they are going to be making a live-action Bioshock movie. 
to the surprise of a few who thought, I didn't know Netflix was doing it. I knew there were talks of a Bioshock movie. I didn't know it was going to be Netflix, though. Uh, PlayStation Productions, speaking of films, uh, which is the movie-making arm of, of PlayStation, which is itself a division of Sony who has their own studio. Anyway, they have a new, uh, like a new intro that will play before their movies, so like the Uncharted movie. Uh, and it, it's essentially, it's, it's very evocative of like Marvel and DC where they have those intros before their movies that like show off their characters with like a musical cue. And it literally just shows off like PlayStation characters like Kratos and, and Nathan Drake and Astro Bot of, of all things. It's, it's just Jack and Daxter, like, Ratchet and Clank, it's just, it, it's interesting. That, that's, it, it's interesting. Whoever thought they would do that. Um, speaking of PlayStation Studios, uh, it seems that the Last of Us show on HBO will not premiere until at least 2023. I know they only recently started filming, so that makes kind of sense. Um, but yes, 2023 at the earliest. Um, and then hundreds of rare Super Nintendo and Sega games were recently found in a storage facility in in um, in Nebraska of all places. Uh, video game reseller has discovered hundreds of fact factory sealed, which is even crazier, Nintendo and Sega games um, from both the 80s and 90s. Uh, SNES games, so Super Nintendo, Sega CD, Genesis, Saturn, and 3DO games. Uh, I guess they were put in storage after a local store closed in 1994. They were have been remained untouched since then, so that means someone stopped paying on their storage unit and was probably put up for auction. Uh, Nebraska-based reseller Game Room uh, found the collection. Um, there are still, so there's copies of NBA and Madden games as there are interesting finds. Um, there are very rare, incredible games uh, worth tens of thousands of dollars. Um, the rarest sealed games, including Chrono Trigger for Super Nintendo, which is valued at $2,400 itself. Um, there's also a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, uh, sealed for Super Nintendo. Final Fantasy 3 for Super Nintendo and Sunset Riders. Um, there's Aladdin um, on Super Nintendo, Contra Hardcore on Genesis, and Musia on Super Nintendo. Um, those are worth several hundred dollars each. Um, they won't be releasing any value, but they're, it's likely worth tens of thousands of dollars. Um, I mean, hell, if, if one game alone is worth $2,500, it's, it's not surprising. Um, interesting find in Nebraska, of all places. And they're all factory sealed, which is even wilder. Um, and our last bit of gaming news here, it, it, it's riling up the Nintendo community. Um, Nintendo has announced um, that after, uh, I think it's next year, both the digital storefronts for the 3DS and Wii U games uh, will, will close, so you won't be able to buy digital games on those platforms. Um, uh, they have revamped their Nintendo online store, which will allow you now to buy merchandise and digital and physical games directly through Nintendo. 
Um, the My Nintendo Store, which is now live, uh, it's been replaced. It's replaced the old one. Um, you, like I said, you can buy physical software, hardware sales, um, including the new Switch OLED, um, the regular Switch, Switch Lite, Joy-Con c- controllers, um, and you can get points if you buy physical or digital games. Uh, physical purchases of hardware, though, won't count completely just yet. Um, you can also buy different merchandise. Um, but like I said, this is a day after they announced that they will be shutting down the 3DS and Wii U eShops next year. Um, this has made people think that they're not going to be able to get their games after that. So here's the timeline. Um, starting May of this year, it will no longer be possible to add funds using a credit card to the 3DS or Wii U eShop account. August of this year, you cannot use the eShop card to add funds. Um, however, you can still redeem them for download codes. And then March of next year, it will no longer be possible to make purchases, download demos or themes, redeem a download code, or add funds. Essentially killing those. You'll still be access to be able to access your library, um, but not anything beyond that. Um, I, just, I think it's funny that Nintendo is just as scummy as all the other companies. They just hide behind a lot of their goodwill. Um, and then, of course, because Microsoft and, and Sony have their own shitty policies or practices or things like that, they, they always overshadow Nintendo sometimes. Um, I, I, I saw a funny quote from, from Japanese gamers like, how can I trust Sony more than Nintendo? And I just, I laughed. I laughed hard at that one. Um, but it, it's funny that, that Nintendo just hides in their little corner and People forget that they do really shitty things sometimes. Um, that's it for gaming news. Uh, I do want to talk about some other things going on. A lot, a lot of other stuff. Uh, the Super Bowl was this past weekend, so we got a lot of trailers for things. Um, including our first trailer for the Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings show on Amazon. It looks stunningly beautiful. Um, very, it feels very familiar, but very different. The, the, the tone seems to follow in the footsteps of the of the um of the uh uh Peter Jackson films cuz tonally and tangentially they're somewhat connected from my understanding but not completely um but the show looks beautiful I'll give it that I I can't wait for September now uh, it's obvious they're spending a billion dollars on it um yeah that trailer was was cool uh, Bender Gate continues uh, with the Futurama revival at Hulu. Uh, a lot of the castmates of John DiMaggio have come out in support of him, um, which includes um, the main cast, essentially. Um, he's put out a statement. I'll get to his in a second. Um, it, it's a little r- ridiculous that they're trying to replace him. Um, that even animation director Kelly Turnbull called Futurama said this, uh, quote, I feel like the idea of John as a replaceable element of Futurama is part of a wider issue of an industry that doesn't respect voice actors on the same level as live action actors. You'll see voice actors who made a character treated like no live action actor would be, unquote, which is true. It's like you wouldn't replace certain people on shows 
um, with a different actor, like you wouldn't recast them, but but some for some reason, like voice actors do all the time. Um, Billy West, who plays Fry, said, quote, I think he's looking for the right pen, unquote. Um, he said, uh, DiMaggio originally said, quote, thanks for the concern and the props, everyone. I really appreciate it. Don't worry, I'll keep you posted. But until then, cheese it. Um, other people have come out uh, in support of him. And, and it's just interesting that they would do that. And like other people are like, if, if you even think about going to um, take his spot, it's like, that's kind of greasy. Like, don't, don't. Especially if like, I love John DiMaggio. Like I would never go and try to replace that man. Um, he did eventually put out a statement today. Um, he said, quote, I've been thinking about everything that's been going on these past months. And just to be clear, I don't think that only I deserve to be paid more. I think the entire cast does. Negotiations are a natural part of working in business. Everyone has a different strategy and different boundaries. Their price. Some accept offers. Some hold their ground. Bender is a part of my soul, and nothing about this is meant to be disrespectful to the fans or my future on the family. It's about self-respect. And honestly, being tired of an industry that's become far too corporate and takes advantage of artists' time and talent. Look, I wish I could give you every detail so you would understand, but it's not my place. Thanks again for the love, everyone. Still hoping for the best. Um, seeing it, I said it out loud, shove it in my best bender voice, he said via Twitter. Oh, sorry, someone else said that. Uh, James Adamain said that. But it's interesting that some cast members have signed and some haven't, and I think John is speaking the truth here where these characters deserve more, especially for a show that's been revived now for like the fourth or fifth time. Um, and I, I hope they can work it out because honestly, Futurama without Bender is not Futurama and Bender without John DiMaggio's voice is not Bender. If he doesn't sign on, I'm not watching it. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that are just like me. Uh, Disney has announced that, uh, via Josh Gad and, um, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, Luke, well, I don't remember his name. Uh, the Beauty and the Beast prequel show about Gaston will not be moving forward as of right now. It isn't on, it is on indefinite hold. It, it's not canceled, but it's not happening for quite some time. So if you're looking forward to that, you're going to have to wait a while. Um, Amazon has announced that they will be working on a Blade Runner 2099 series set 50 years after the events of Blade Runner 2049 and 80 years after the events of the original Blade Runner film. That's wild. Um... If you're a big fan of the Marvel Netflix shows, i.e. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, well, you better watch them soon because they will be leaving Netflix on March 1st. Yes, you heard that right. The Netflix Marvel shows will be leaving Netflix on March 1st. No word yet on if they are going to move to Disney Plus or not. Um, I don't know if they can because I think they're owned by Netflix. So we'll see how that works. Uh, Ray Stevenson has joined the Ahsoka show as an admiral, but not Grand Admiral Thrawn. So everyone thinks he's going to be playing 
Uh, Admiral Paleon. That'd be cool. Ray Stevenson as Paleon would be cool. Um, Kevin Feige has announced that Moon Knight will be pushing the boundaries for an MCU show, especially on Disney+. Plus. They, they did not hold anything back, which makes me excited. Uh, and also saying it's not going to be a Batman copy like he tends to be in the comics. Uh, and then Owen Wilson says that Loki Season 2 should begin filming soon, and he is returning as Mobius. So that's that's a good sign. Um, Paramount Plus and CBS, Viacom Interactive, had a massive investor relations call the other day. Dropped a lot of news. Uh, in 2025, South Park will leave HBO Max, and it will move all episodes to Paramount Plus as more and more episodes of the show get added there and new like movies like they did with the pandemic, um, as well as the official home of Beavis and Butthead. All 200 episodes will be there. Um, speaking of HBO Max, Peacemaker Season 2 has been announced uh, officially with the season finale happening this week. Uh, James Gunn's been talking about it. He will actually write and direct every episode of Season 2. Um, and then also said that Peacemaker is by because of John Cena and his uh, his input and his um, his improv. Essentially, he's made Peacemaker bisexual, which is kind of funny. Uh, we got our first trailer for the Boys Diabolical spinoff, which is their new animated spinoff, and it looks fucking hilarious. Babies with laser eyes. It's going to be graphic, too, so that's always a plus. Um, especially if it's coming off of the Boys. Uh, David Chase has announced he has no intention of returning to the Sopranos. So that rumored Sopranos prequel is probably not in the cards, which is more than likely a good thing. And before we move on, I want to talk about the season finale of The Book of Boba Fett, which is honestly one of the best pieces of Star Wars media I have witnessed in quite a while. Better than The Mandalorian... Better than the final seasons of Clone Wars. Better than the Bad Batch. Better than the Rise of Skywalker. Like, this is on par with with The Last Jedi for me. And, and Rogue One. Like, this is literally one of the best pieces of Star Wars media I've seen in a long time. Boba rides a fucking Rancor through Mos Espa, which is one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen. Just being seeing a Rancor do stuff in live action like that is always... A plus, like it's something a lot of Star Wars fans have always dreamed of, and we we finally got to see it. There's a new droid they introduced that's like the future version of a droidica. Uh, it's a shielded droid just shooting at, at stuff. Black Kersantan goes ham on Trandoshans and and Pikes, um, and then we get the fucking face off of the century with Cad Bane versus Boba. And while Cad does die, which again he's an old fucking man. Like, I, he couldn't live beyond that. Just seeing them fight in, in their little face-off duel at high noon, so fucking cool. Cad Bane's like, I've known you a long time, Boba. And Boba's like, ah, you're still an old man. And he's like, I'm faster than you. And they go, oh, it's so fucking cool. I love Cad Bane. It sucks that he's dead, but, but as a lot of people point out on the internet, just because he's dead five years after Return of the Jedi doesn't mean he can't return in other media. Like, he can still show up in Bad Batch Season 2. He can still show up in, in Kenobi. Um, there's plenty of places, right? 
It, it, it doesn't mean he's gone forever. Just because he's gone at that point in the timeline doesn't mean he can't show up before that in the timeline, right? Like, there's no, there's no rules for before, essentially. Um, so that's fucking cool. Like, Darth Vader died in Return of the Jedi. That hasn't stopped him from showing, from showing up in a whole lot of things since then. So that's, um, that's what's happening. But yeah, honestly, Book of Boba Fett season finale, one of the best pieces of Star Wars media I have seen in what's going on um, seven years, six years. Because, hold on, um, Force Awakens was 2015, Rogue One was 16, five years. Because Last Jedi was 17. Uh, so yeah, five years. Best piece of Star Wars media in five years, in my personal opinion. And that's saying a lot. Um, I do want to talk about some, some movie stuff here, though. There's a lot lot going on in, in Hollywood. Um, Will Smith was being interviewed by Variety, or Deadline, uh, and says that he wants to see the air cut, and that there was a lot of stuff left on the cutting room floor, um, and he loves that world and, and loves that whole setting. I, then then come back, Will. Come back and play Deadshot again. Please. Uh, George Miller was being interviewed and said that, yes, it's true that Rihanna inter- uh, had, had tried out for Furiosa. Um, but he actually originally wanted Eminem to play Max in Mad Max Fury Road. Of all people, Ma- Eminem. <laughs> Ultimately went to, to Tom Hardy. That would have been an interesting movie. Why do you hire Eminem but then not have him talk? Like, at all. That's not what you do. Um, here's some major news. The Lord of the Rings film and game rights are up for sale. They are expected to go for $2 billion or more. Um, the, vid- the movie and video game rights to The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Um, Amazon is... Of course, at the top of the list of those expected to purchase it, as they already have the TV rights, uh, the Saul Zaints Company, which owns an array of movie, gaming, merchandising, live event, and theme park rights to various uh, J.R. Tolkien properties, is selling them at auction later this week. Uh, this is per variety. Um, Amazon, like I said, is at the top of the list. Some other people are as well. It is a $2 billion purchase, though. Um, this sale will include... The rights, uh, matching rights, if the Tolkien estate and legal body that manages Tolkien's work makes movies or other content based on work published after the author's death. Um, Warner Brothers maintains some movie rights to The Lord of the Rings through its ownership of New Line Cinema, which produced the live-action trilogy, of course, um, with Peter Jackson. Um, But the Saul Zance company believes the rights returned to them in 2021, as Warner Brothers was not active, actively developing new content. Um, this has also been part of extensive legal action for years and years, though. Um, the Saul Zanz company believes it owns those rights, which they haven't gone up for sale yet, so this is very interesting if they think they own the rights, but maybe they don't, um, which doesn't make sense because... Though the War of the Rohirrim movie that Warner Brothers is making, 
uh, the anime film, um, which technically is a prequel to the, the Jackson films, is set for April 12th, 2024. How the rights work out. And I could have sworn that the rights were still owned by the, the Tolkien estate. So I'm very confused by this situation. Um, I guess that's why some games look like the Jackson films and some games don't look like the Jackson films. That would make a lot more sense. I don't know. It's confusing. I'll let you guys know, though, as soon as they sell and who buys them. Obviously, Warner Brothers is, is, is up for those rights as well. But yeah, the fact that Amazon's number one, I would think that Warner Brothers and, and, and uh, Time Warner, Discovery Time, whatever they're called now, I don't know, you'd think that they would be at the top of the list to retain the rights. Who knows? Uh, Universal released their first full trailer for Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, it features feathered dinosaurs for the first time in franchise history. It features a lot of the original cast from, from Jurassic Park. Uh, from the Jurassic Park trilogy, before we transition to the Jurassic World trilogy, and a whole lot of dinos in the wild wreaking havoc, baby. From Rexy to the Giganotosaurus, which is the new villain, uh, to Blue and her baby. Yes, Blue has a baby raptor. Um, and you're wondering, what the fuck is a Giganotosaurus? Um, some people call it a Giganotosaurus, or a Gigantosaurus, or... It's a Giganotosaurus, okay? That's what it's called. It doesn't look like what it did in Jurassic World Evolution 1, if you ever played that game. I don't think it's in Jurassic World Evolution 2. I haven't looked. I haven't played. I need to go back and play the game. I'm sure if, if, they, if it is in the game, it's going to be changed to look like the one in the movie. Um, but that comes out in June, and I can't fucking wait, baby. Dinosaurs in the wild. Oh, and it also features a... Quetzalcoatl, which is like the largest pterosaur, attacking a plane. And that was a fucking cool scene. Um, movie Pass is coming back again. Uh, this time it will be a little bit different. It's not unlimited movies like, like it was for a little bit, which killed the company. Um, but yes, Movie Pass is back uh, per variety. Uh, you will earn credits now, and they can roll over, and you can use them for different movies or games. You can uh, share them with other users. Um, Stacy Spikes, who founded the original Movie Pass, is back. He was able to buy the company back from the people that kicked him out after they bought it from him. Um, you can watch ads to earn credits. No pricing has been released yet, um, but it is expected to launch later this year. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how well it goes over as a lot of companies have introduced their own uh, things similar to MoviePass um, or, or other things that, that people you know, are, are on board with. So we'll, we'll see if MoviePass is able to survive again. Um, DC released a sizzle reel called The World Needs Heroes. Um, it gave us our best looks yet at the Flash movie, as well as the Black Adam film. Um, we also got teases for the Batman and Aquaman 2. Um, it starts with a voiceover of Michael Keaton's Batman talking to the Flash. We get to see his new outfit and things like that. That looks really cool. 
Uh, we get to see scenes from the Black Adam movie, including The Rock in costume, Dr. Fate, uh, Hawkman, who looks fucking epic, um, and even Adam Smasher. Uh, that movie is, is looking good just from the small things I've seen. Um, so I'm excited for that. The hype is real, folks. The hype is real. Uh, big shout out to Ivan Reitman, uh, director of Stripes and, of course, Ghostbusters. Um, sadly, passed away in his sleep over the weekend. Uh, the man directed some of the best comedy films of the 80s. Um, the Oscars this year is changing things up. Of course, it hasn't happened or it happened soon. It is going to be delayed, I think. Um, the 94th Academy Awards is letting Twitter users vote for their favorite movie of 2021, per The Hollywood Reporter. Um, it doesn't even have to be any of the films nominated, uh, but the winning film will be recognized in some capacity at the awards ceremony. So, like, they're doing their, like, popular movie award again, like they tried last year. Um, starting Monday, next week, um, you can start voting for their favorite film using the hashtag OscarFanFavorite. The most vote, the most, the film that receives the most votes by March 3rd will be recognized during the broadcast on March 27th. Oh, God. This is not going to go well. This is not going to go well at all. Jesus Christ, it's going to be hilarious. They're all going to vote for some piece of shit movie. It's going to be hilarious. It's a dumpster fire waiting to happen, and I can't wait to watch it live on television. Uh, Gladiator 2 has a finished script. I don't know why this movie is being made. Of all movies that do not need to be made, it's Gladiator 2. Spider-Man No Way Home has officially passed Avatar to be the third highest grossing film in U.S. history. It has made $760.988 billion million at the domestic box office. Um inching very closely to number two and one. We'll see if it surpass it won't surpass it, unfortunately. Um Unless it stays in theaters for another few months, which sometimes movies that make that kind of money do. They don't usually pull them that soon. Uh, DC and Warner Brothers have announced a live-action Wonder Twins movie coming to HBO Max. They're spreading themselves a little too thin, if you ask me. Um, and then we got a Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness trailer during the Super Bowl. And folks, this is a true multiverse movie, if I ever saw one. Got Marvel fucking zombies, baby. Ultron returns in some capacity. And Patrick motherfucking Stewart. Yeah, mic drop, people. If you were watching the trailer, you definitely heard Patrick Stewart's voice, which means he's playing Professor X in some capacity. Which means the Illuminati are in this fucking movie. The, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is more than likely finally introducing their version of the Illuminati. And it looks to be like it's going to be a multiverse, multiversal version of the Illuminati. Which just opens the door to so much more rumors and speculation. Um, and it makes me think that the rumor about a Tony Stark variant played by Tom Cruise is more real... more possible than ever to be honest uh 
Uh, there's rumors that someone on this Illuminati team will be a Mr. Fantastic, played by either John Krasinski or Ian Groford from the, the Fox films. Um, there's there's definitely a chance for a version of Kang to show up. Uh, this, this movie is wild. There's multiple versions of Doctor Strange. Uh, uh, Wanda is clearly going nuts. But again, Marvel Zombies... Um, someone thinks they see Deadpool on the poster. Like, this is going to be a wild fucking movie, folks. It's going to be wild and it's going to be good. And possibly even some version of Captain Marvel from what it looks like in the trailers. Uh, and speaking of trailers, we got, we finally got our trailer for the Chippendale movie. Live action, uh, Rescue Rangers movie. Starring John Mulaney and, and, uh, Andy Samberg. And it's it's not what anyone expected. It's 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 so meta. It it literally like takes place in the real world and is like a true Hollywood story movie type deal where they were in the show. The show was a thing. Uh, it, it's almost like uh, you could almost quantify this as a, a a sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? Because they they exist in a world where cartoons and people live together. Um, Chip is no longer a, a, or Dale, I don't remember. One of them is an insurance salesman now after retiring from showbiz. Um, and one of them got CGI surgery to get turned into CGI from cartoon. Um, it, it's just very jarring to hear John Mulaney and Andy Samberg's voice. And, and I was talking with some friends. It's like, this is a movie that, Either you could be because they're they're forcing nostalgia on us too, right? Because literally, Roger Rabbit's in the film. Other Disney characters, other Disney things are are featured in the film. Um, um, there's literally a scene in the trailer that's a callback to Jurassic Park of all things. Uh, I think I saw My Little Pony. Um, so you you got to be careful because either you can end up in crap territory like Space Jam and A New Legacy or you can do it right and not be overbearing or forced like Ready Player One so you, you, you gotta you gotta find yourself in the, in the right place and so far the trailer makes it looks like it's it's close it's closer to the Ready Player One territory I could be wrong um, but it premieres in May on on Disney Plus uh, and the trailer is is there to watch available now to watch um, Denny Villeneuve has stated that they expect to start filming, uh, Dune Part 2 later this summer, uh, so that means hopefully the film will be either out next fall or early 2024, hopefully we don't have to wait long for that, um, and then like I said, Paramount, Viacom, CBS had a big investor day announcing a slew of new things, uh, A Quiet Place 3 is happening as well as a spinoff film. Uh, we're getting a Blue's Clues movie that's like the Spider-Man No Way Home version of of, of Blue's Clues movie. It, it will have all three hosts, including Steve, back, of all people. Um, three SpongeBob movies have been announced for Paramount+, Plus, as well as a fourth theatrical film. Yeah, there's been three SpongeBob movies already, if you didn't already know that. Uh, and then Star Trek, quote-unquote, 4 is happening. So, I only say 4... Because it's going to be the fourth 
uh, uh, Kelvin timeline film. Uh, JJ did announce it himself. Uh, we'll see the return of, of most, if not all, of the JJ Star Trek cast. Um, I think this makes it Star Trek 15. What are they at? Um, Star Trek 6 was the Undiscovered Country. Generations. First Contact. Um, what's, uh, whatever that one is with Rafo, then Nemesis, eleven was Star Trek two thousand nine, twelve was in the darkness 13 was beyond okay so this would be star trek 14 um uh oh even numbered star trek films tend to not be good ones that's a whole thing in the star trek community if you're a trekkie like me um as much as i love star wars i love star trek as well um i wonder what they're going to do with Chekhov though because the actor anton yelchin who played him unfortunately passed away um, due to an accident. So I wonder if they're going to either recast Chekhov or just ignore him. Or There's been so many rumors of what Star Trek, f the fourth film in the new series would be, or if they'd go back to the old timeline or stay in the Kelvin timeline. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But it is official. Uh, Star Trek will... Didn't they announce a Star Trek movie? couple months ago that's either going to come out next year i don't know something but a fourth jj produced star trek film will begin filming this year um and then final bit of movie news here matt reeves if he gets to make a second batman film would love to make a batman film with mr freeze and he thinks there's a grounded way to tell that story and I'm all fucking for it, baby. Give me more Mr. Freeze all fucking day. More Mr. Freeze. But also, can we not do more grounded Batman? We got that with the Nolan films. Let's try to mix it up again, folks. That's it for movie news. And I have two non- or, or other nerd stories. I, I haven't done this in a very long time. Um, but I, I just figured they'd be cool to announce. Uh, the JLA Avengers crossover comic from 2003 is going to be reprinted for the first time in, in years, decades, I should say, um, almost 20 years. It will be a limited run. Uh, it's being produced by a group, I can't remember their name right now, but it will be a limited run of 7,000 copies. Uh, it will be out in March, um, and it's to help raise money for George Perez, who was one of the artists on the, on the run. Um, he does have cancer, and, and a lot of the proceeds will be donated to him uh, to help pay for his medical bills and costs. And uh, it'll feature a lot of about 40 pages of bonus content that wasn't in the original run. It will be one omnibus of all the Marvel printed copies, all the DC copies. Um, it was a story in which a character from the DC universe goes into the Marvel universe. Uh, and threatens to destroy it unless his heroes can save their universe. But in a twist of fate, the DC heroes are sent to the Marvel Universe. The Marvel heroes are sent to the DC Universe. And um, 
they have to defend it. And it's it's funny because I haven't personally read it, but the stories I've read, apparently the DC heroes get to the Marvel Universe and are like, this place is fucked. These heroes suck. We need to fix it. And then the, the Marvel heroes get to the DC Universe, see all the statues that are built and how glorious it is in the DC Universe, and think all the DC heroes are a bunch of fascists and need to be stopped. So it's it's funny hearing that. Um, but yes, that will be reprinted this March. 7,000 copies. Uh, time to get your hand on it if you haven't already. I'm going to be searching for it big time. Uh, and then our final story today, weirdest story of, of, of the year so far. 2022's been wild. Uh, Disney has announced that they are going to be building their own towns... Um, being masterminded by its park division, which is a harken back to, to what Walt originally wanted to do with Epcot back in the day. Um, but these are going to be master plan communities um, that they're calling, quote, story living, unquote. Um, yeah, I, it's called Story Living by Disney. Uh, they're going to be master planned residential communities. Um, that are, quote, designed to be the perfect setting for Disney fans to write the next exciting chapter in their lives, unquote. Um, like I said, it's being spearheaded by the Disney Parks Division. Um, you're going to live and breathe Disney, apparently. There's, there's people that are going to do this. Um, it says, quote, combine the warmth and charm of a small town with the beauty of a resort, unquote. Uh, the first three towns... Um, the first of these towns will be called Cotino. It's going to be built in Rancho Mirage, California. So that's about two hours north of where I am in the Palm Springs area. The Coachella Valley, if you will. If you've heard of the Coachella Music Festival. Um, they're going to be building around 19,000 units. That will include single-family houses, condos, and larger estates. Um, it will also feature a 55 and up community uh, section as well. Um, it will have a hotel, a range of business and dining locations, and an entire oasis um, powered by Crystal Lagoons. Um, apparently, Crystal Lagoons builds public access lagoons in urban regions. I've never heard of them. Um, there will also be Disney-themed activities and programming throughout the year, as well as special club memberships for an extra fee. Public visitors will be able to purchase a day pass to access the community and its various shops. Sounds like it's a gated community. As long as Disney does not own the homes and that you get to own the homes and you just pay an HOA fee, I am okay with it. If not, we're heading into a very dark territory. Um, they said, quote, every single element of these communities will be steeped in a story, unquote. Um, this was said by Josh DeMauro, chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products Division. Uh, this was an interview with USA Today. Um, the residents, he says, will be active participants in the stories. I don't know what that means. Um, why guest passes are being sold is beyond me. Um, Disney is not developing Cotino. They're just marketing it. Oh, that's good. So Disney is partnering with independently owned housing developers to take on the responsibility. Um of developing and selling the houses. Oh, thank God Disney doesn't own them. Oh, thank God people can own their own homes. Um, Disney is partnering with DMB, a luxury community developer, 
who've already built homes in both Hawaii and Arizona to build them. Um, this isn't their first time doing it, but it is something they've tried before. Um, you don't have to work with Disney for Cotino. Um, I just, uh, they're going to do other planned communities. I'm sure they're going to announce one for Florida very soon. Um, Cotino and their other communities will be served by Disney cast members, but it remains to be seen if they'll be members of the community itself or a commuter class. Um, very evocative of, of what people have called company towns. Um, not a really big thing in the U.S., but it's a, more of a thing in Europe where a company literally owns everything and its employees just live there. Um, it'd be really weird for Disney employees to live in Palm Springs and have to drive like an hour and a half to, to Anaheim. Um, but I'm just happy that it's not everything's owned by Disney. Uh, but the fact that you can buy a day pass is very strange. Um, but that tells me that it's going to be a gated community, if anything. Um, that's it for Nixner News this week. Thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, it's always a pleasure, I should say. Uh, remember, next week, we I will be gone, but I will have a guest host for you guys. Um, yeah, guest host next week. Um, the 101 League returns on Saturday, so you guys can watch me on 101 uh, twitch.tv slash the 101 League if you guys want to check that out from 1 to 4. I will be shoutcasting with my partner Rams. Um on Twitch for Super Smash Brothers Melee. Um, of course, Scott, who runs the 101 League, is going to be filling in for me next week here on, on Nixner News. Um, and uh, as always, check out nixnernews.com where you guys can listen to the show in your browser. Uh, or if you prefer, you can listen to us on the go. You can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Amazon Music pages. Uh, you can also find us on uh, iHeartRadio. We don't have a link on the website just yet, but just search Nixner News on iHeartRadio. Um, also, while you're there, check out our social media tab where you can find our feeds for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're always posting fun memes. Um, if not, just search Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice. And with that, I will catch you guys on the flip side.